Kia ora, and welcome to the New Zealand History Podcast channel, where you will find talks on Aotearoa New Zealand history, culture, and society. These talks are organised by Manatu Taonga, the Ministry for Culture and Heritage, with the support of the Alexander Turnbull Library. They are recorded live, either via Zoom or in person at Te Puna Matauranga o Aotearoa, the National Library of New Zealand. Tēnā koto, tēnā tato katoa, uh, no parihi, no Afrika no putukara hoki o kutipuna, i whānau mai i Salvador i parihi, ko Nelson toku papa, ko Vera toku mama, ko Jarais toku maunga, ko Piatan toku moana, ko Jararu toku ingua, ko Oliveira te ingua o toku whānau. Um, boa tarde a todos, é um prazer falar com vocês, eu sou originalmente do Brasil, E é sempre um prazer falar de história e falar de pesquisa com todos. Good afternoon to all. Thanks for your patience. It gives me great, great, great pleasure and honor to be here. I'd like to, I'm going to thank a lot of people, but I'll start thanking, of course, uh, the lovely team from uh, Manatutaunga, the Ministry of Heritage, and also the National Library, especially Steve, of course, John, uh, Sarah, Kate, and Celia, who have made uh, this possible. Um, Kia ora. Uh, I, I'm guessing I can't see the 88 plus participants, 80 plus that are, are here. I'm blind from my end. And so, but I'm guessing there are some of my kayako pitomata, my student teachers uh, out there, some colleagues and some uh, local principals and teachers who made this possible. And I'm going to just start to with this big shout out and, and, and thanks because this is a collective mahi, and, but I take full responsibility for everything, I have no doubt, but it, it is a collective mahi, some of which seems pretty established with, uh, that's the first part of the presentation, and the second part is pretty speculative, as you're going to see, it's an ongoing mahi as well. Um, so, uh, my, my, my mihi in the, in the beginning, uh, uh, a little bit about myself, of course, I'm, I'm Brazilian uh, uh, by birth, uh, but I've been calling Aotearoa New Zealand home uh, for more than 12 years now and love the country and obviously miss my home country every day as well. It's a tale of a migrant. Many migrants out there know what it is. So my heart seems ne- that, that it's still back home, especially now with COVID. Um, but anyway, I'm uh, uh, having the... the, the uh, I guess pleasure and honor also to 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 be uh, uh, here with my family, to Briwis as we call Brazilian Kiwis growing up in this country, and it has been a a, a wonderful, sometimes bumpy road. And and I'll start with that with family with with Fakapapa, my Fakapapa. So uh, let's start by dealing exactly with this big elephant in the room, right? Not elephant because I, as I said, I'm Brazilian, so. We don't have elephants in Brazil. The biggest mammal that we have is a tapir, uh, an Amazonian. Uh, so let's address the big tapir in the room, me, right? So what is the Brazilian migrants talking about um, teaching Aotearoa New Zealand histories in the Manawatu region, right? What, what's what's all of that about, right? How how come? So I'll, I'll, I'll continue. I, I I I mean I love I mean the, the insight of Fakapapa. I'll keep exploring that. What a powerful concept that Maori epistemology has gifted all of us, right? But uh, when I left Salvador, which would be the the fungare of, of Brazil, so to speak, northeast 
of Brazil, right there on the map. I initially came actually to Tamaki Makauru to Auckland to do my PhD. Uh, and then he, but I remember like yesterday, this was 2009, January. And I felt obviously I came initially by myself and then family moved, but obviously feeling uh, alone. And then I, I remember like, Yesterday, uh, getting out of the hostel, PhD students uh, earning uh, not a lot, hungry, <laughs> and Queen Street. And, and when, I, when I opened my eyes, I saw that incredibly multicultural landscape of, of people of many colors, a lot of Polynesian uh, populations, Maori, obviously. Um, I missed African bodies because Brazil is, is very African, but... I initially saw I could I can live in this country right because of the multicultural vibe that I saw. But what really reassured me as a migrant was seeing this on a shelf of a new world on Queen Street, a Kumara. And as you probably know, some of you historians for sure, all potatoes, all patatas, batatas, <laughs> they are Quechua gifts to the world, right? Quechua populations that the Incas, right, the mighty Incas who used to live, uh, who live, their descendants, right, in the current territories of Peru and Chile. And, and we know that your ancestor, early Polynesians, uh, at some point, and that's the hypothesis, right, uh, probably sailed, most likely, to Peru, made contact and brought the, the Kumala, as we call it, and in some way it became the Kumara here, and why am I saying that? I mean, again, coming back to the insight of the powerful concepts of Fakapapa. So in the long duration of Fakapapa, I always like to remind myself, at least that's what I tell myself, that a Brazilian <laughs> in some ways, uh, because there is evidence also of, of Polynesian uh, DNA in, in Brazilian indigenous peoples. Yeah, there is. This is recent research. So not only... <laughs> Your early ancestors got the Kumala and brought it back as Kumara, but they also probably uh, crossed the Andes and made their way to, to, the, to the Amazon, which is amazing. But anyway, you know how amazing your ancestors are. But I like to think, and I'll stop this digression here right now and get into the research, that we're zooming conversations, people that, that come from Latin America to this country. And I like to start with that. It's a, it's a, it's, that's the story that I tell myself, at least, to feel at home in this country. And believe me, I do feel at home. Um, at, it's a long story, of course. I've traveled to many places. But eventually, I made my way to, to the Massey team. Uh, and I have currently the, the privilege of teaching both in primary and future secondary teachers um, at, uh, at Massey University. And today I'm gonna to share one of the branches of my current research here. Uh, it's called learning in and from primary schools. And I would like to acknowledge also and thank my co-author, uh, a local principal, Matt Kennedy. I don't know if you're there, mate. Uh, the research background and Steve uh, uh, covered in some ways, the co-papa of all of this. Uh, it is a comprehensive 100 plus uh, survey of school teachers across the Manawatu and Horofenua because Opiki is Horofenua. I, I did my homework, Steve. Uh, years one to six, 
And it's all about the new Aotearoa New Zealand history career, which changed everyone's lives, right? I mean, everybody's life for, for the better, I would like to think. We, we in some ways, uh, in, in the primary sector, we think we're trying to address a literature gap. We feel that the voices of primary teachers has been outweighed in some ways by the viewpoints of secondary uh, teachers, university historians, journalists, and, and policymakers. That's what we, 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 we think. Um, so I said it was a lot of things, right? Uh, I think there's some local principles, at least one confirmed, uh, Lynn from Hokofitsu. So if you're there, thank you for opening the doors also for us to do this research. Uh, and also my kayako pitomata, which you're going to see a lot of the mahi is collective grassroots mahi that I've done in that rangatira, kiterangatira, kopapa, right? Uh, we're teaching each other, learning uh, uh, with one another uh, in this journey. So uh, what I'll share, long preamble, right? I'm getting now to the research. Uh, I'm going to share some of the findings of this article uh, that we published uh, and it covers the survey's main questions, uh, sections. Um, history content was one of the sections, teaching confidence, um, pedagogy, resources. So I'm going to focus on history content, confidence, and pedagogy. I'll leave resources for later. So history content, what, what did we find? Uh, so one of the things that blew my mind, actually, when I started and the report of the survey is nearly 100 pages, uh, was how... Teaching history is widespread and varied across local primary schools. And I knew that based on anecdotal evidence uh, as well and personal uh, experience. I taught years seven and eight, so full primary. So I have a foot in, in primary. And in my former school, I used to teach the New Zealand Wars and, and, and historical con uh, difficult topics. So uh, we pretty much corroborated that, that teaching, I'm not entering here the, the quality or depth of history teaching, right? But We've been teaching that before the announcements, uh, before the draft curriculum. What, what I, we didn't know is the, the, the variety and, and, and how, uh, how varied that was. So we identified 373 different historical, to I mean, topics, mentions, and these covered, they're not different topics, but uh, uh, we had to group them in categories. I'll, I'll get to that later. But it covered every part of the, the globe. And to my except Latin America, which gave me great sadness. So there's things about every, every part, Africa, Asia, Antarctica, except Latin America, which, which broke my heart, obviously. But, and also it spanned from prehistory to ancient history, modern history, medieval history. It was very, very comprehensive in terms of time span. So that was really interesting to see. Uh, Another uh, a finding was that it was a pleasing finding for us uh, having to implement the curriculum next year, that a significant share of this content was related to Aotearoa New Zealand histories, right? There was global histories, every continent except Latin America, but, all, but a significant share was already New Zealand's uh, histories. Um, so to be precise, 236 of the 373 were identified as addressing Aotearoa New Zealand's history. So that, that, that in itself was, was, was worth the research, I think. But uh, here's a little uh, graph uh, to show you. 63% there, the big chunk, Aotearoa New Zealand histories. 
but a lot of history of technology, really a popular topic. Uh, young kids, rem remember these are younger learners. Multicultural history, these are categories that we created to classify and, and group these topics. Art history topics, big, uh, a lot of ancient history as well. Uh, I mean, the, the graph speaks by itself. Um, so a huge var var variety. In terms of Aotearoa New Zealand history, so this is the breakdown there of percentages, right? Uh, it won't come as a surprise that the Tetiriti and Waitangi Day topics, they came together often, they, 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 they were first. Uh, Maori histories, I'll talk, I'll unpack what I mean by this a little later, was the second topic and Enzac Gallipoli, third one there. Um, local regional histories, big as well, I mean, you get the points. Um, a surprising, or not really surprising, because I said I used to teach New the, the, the New Zealand Wars for year sevens, but a lot of topics related to, to the New Zealand Wars and others, uh, difficult histories like the occupation of Samoa uh, were mentioned as well, and that's the topic here, difficult histories. Uh, so let me just try to clarify what I mean by Maori histories here, but most teachers, um, and, and, and we had to make a call how to organize this, but mentioned that they teach Maori myths and legends, um, using the words that were mentioned, a lot of pre-colonial migration to Aotearoa, Polynesians, ancestors, migrations, uh, a lot of cultural history there, language, crafts, tikanga, games, Maori traditional games. Um, and then, and, and, and then we had to reflect on why most of this uh, was related to, uh, I guess, uh, they were not contemporary history topics per se, right? So most teachers have opted to address, I mean, uh, uh, Maori histories are a popular topic, but not contemporary Maori histories, right? Most of teachers tend to approach the mythical, spiritual stories or, or cultural topics. And why is that rather than recent history? So the way we've been interpreted the data and, and talking with friends is uh, probably, it has to do with resource availability. We know that if you Google or go to YouTube, you find amazing resources about all of these topics that are taught, myths, legends, cultures. Um, uh, local school libraries also have tend to have books on these topics. Or the other possible explanation is teacher pragmatism, right? Teachers are busy people uh, who not only engage with students, but also with the parents <laughs> of students. So uh, addressing contemporary topics that are controversial might be a tricky area. So pragmatism might mean that teachers opt. But anyway, this is, we, uh, this is our interpretation of the findings. Um, another thing that we should... Um, highlight here is that there are three big topics, right? Uh, and the big three are uh, White, uh, Treaty of Waitangi, Maori histories, and ANZAC. And as teachers, we uh, have been used to hearing the, 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 the treaty fatigue phenomenon, right? And in the article we talk about, I mean, how, and this is something that we have to worry about, how to avoid this uh, if, if teachers only in some ways, coming back to the same topics, how do how do we avoid also ENZAC fatigue or Tangata Fenua fatigue, which which would be a, a a tragedy, of course, right? But I mean, we talk about strategies that might might help, and 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 the need to di diversify, I guess, from these these no, no doubt 
key and important topics, but towards other areas as well. Uh, we found also in the survey some good news uh, uh, for the implementation of a, an essentially place-based curriculum, right? Uh, at least here in the Manawatu and Hodofenua region, primary schools have been taking local history seriously. Um, as you saw there, uh, local history topics stood in fourth place, 12.3%. Uh, but the, it would actually become second place if we added school history to local regional history. And school history is, by definition, as local as any education can get for the students and for the Kayako, right? So that's good news uh, as we see it. Another good news, it's at least here at Manawatu, Horofenwa, uh, we, we, we had a question about have you created any history learning uh, in partnerships with local Iwi Hapu? And 45.12 said yes. So how do, do we interpret this, right? Is it a low number? Is it a high number? So if you have never visited, I mean, if you have not visited a local uh, primary school recently, you're probably going to uh, uh, um, be surprised by, by how things have changed, especially the architecture of schools. Most of them have been adopting a modern open plan, uh, modern learning environments, flexible learning environments, whatever you call it. And, and these are those uh, uh, free range kids riding huge barns <laughs> with many teachers around. Uh, if you're a parent, you know what I mean. I love the concepts of free range kids, but um, what it means is, and, and I'm coming back to, to the interpretation of the numbers, that teachers are not never uh, doing their mahi alone, right? There's always a group of two, three teachers. So this means at least this is our interpretations, we might be challenged that there's a high probability that at least one teacher in this group will have uh, co-plan with uh, under guidance of local Maori, uh, Iwi, uh, Tangata Fenwa, right? So that's good news as we see it. Um, schools, partnerships with local Maori, the details. And again, I'm browsing through really fast through all, all of these uh, findings. But here, at least in the Manawatu, uh, involved the partnerships visits to uh, Tehotu Manawa Orangitane uh, or Manawatu Marai, uh, Terangi Mari Marai, of course, and, and Te Marai Ohine, the square, all facilitated by local iwi, and also talks uh, with local Kaumatua and other Fano members. So uh, really pleasing and, and exciting, I guess, results uh, locally at least. And, and if you live in Manawa, in, in Townsville North, and it, you know that this reflects also uh, historically, I guess, what would be the adjective? I mean, uh, I guess, progressive relationships between uh, uh, Tangata Fenua and settlers. And, and, and I'm not saying this, I'm paraphrasing some of my uh, senior Maori colleagues who haven't taught me that. So they're generally good, productive uh, uh, relationships that didn't start yesterday, didn't start with this curriculum. It has started a long time ago, right? Teaching confidence was the second part of, is the second part of the survey that I'm going to cover today with you really fast. So when we drafted the survey, this was before the release of the drafts. So we didn't have a lot of information about the new uh, curriculum. The only thing that we had was these uh, initial uh, seven topics. I don't know if you remember that the government said it was probably the area of focus, right? So we had to uh, draft a, a survey based on the information we had available back then. So uh, we asked teachers about their confidence in teaching precisely these seven uh, uh, historical themes that were available at the time. And, and here we don't have very good news. I'm sorry, 
this is when things get a little gloomy. So first encounters in early colonial history of Aotearoa New Zealand, those who said extremely, uh, extreme or high confidence, only 14.45%. Uh, Slide or almost 50. Uh, colonization or immigration to Aotearoa, still the numbers one in five only, uh, 40 plus, no confidence. The New Zealand wars, even less, right? 5%, uh, almost 5% there. So the numbers speak for themselves. They're generally very low numbers for confidence uh, in relation to all of those topics. And the curriculum has changed since then, right? At least the areas of focus. So evolving national identity, very low as well. Aotearoa New Zealand's wrote in the Pacific, that, that was really low as well. Uh, Aotearoa in the 20th century, rises a bit, but still very low numbers overall. Uh, evolution uh, of New Zealand's identity, again, low numbers, uh, a gloomy uh, uh, landscape. So, but we had to interpret this as well because we found a little paradox later on in the survey because teachers at the same time told us we're not confident to teach these topics but we are comfortable to teach them. So we had to compare confidence versus comf uh, being comfort there. And the way we've interpreted, again, and we can be challenged on this, and we have been actually, uh, but the way we see it is that teachers, especially in this primary sector, uh, they're not driven by encyclopedic content per se, right? It's pedagogy, sound pedagogy, strategies uh, of teaching and learning, that makes teachers comfortable. And many of them mentioned this, precisely that, I don't have content knowledge, but if you give it to me, I'll teach it because I, I'm pretty confident about my, my pedagogical skills, right? So, so these are some quotes from the survey. Teachers are crying for reliable sources for us to learn before we teach, a very prescribed curriculum, very detailed guides, lots of PLD, mentors. So, it's not the pe pedagogy, they're comfortable with whatever, including tackling any, any topics. They just need guidance, prescription in many cases, uh, PLDs and resources, right? So that's what we heard from teachers. Uh, so there it is, some of the quotes and, and a lot of concerns as well with um, resources being age appropriate, uh, written in, in child speak, suited to today's children. So there's a, a, a concern that people writing the, the resources don't get primary, right? Which is a completely different beast, right? Because of the age uh, 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 and, and, and demands of that, uh, those specific cohorts, right? So there's one quote that made me laugh. If, if an historian is going to write the curriculum, they need to teach a topic for a term in a low decile year four or five class. So there are uh, comments in those lines, uh, uh, skeptical about who's writing and whether the, the, the resources and PLGs will be catered to the needs of primary uh, uh, voices, which brings me back to this feeling that we had that the, 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 the corredor, the national corredor had been uh, in some ways missing, in some ways, primary voices. So pedagogy, uh, we had many questions. Again, the survey is comprehensive, uh, but it started with an open-ended question. And most teachers, this is, comes as no surprise to anyone who has taught in, in, in primary schools. Uh, there's a preference for social constructivist pedagogies uh, that encourage agency and student voice. 
uh, based on inquiry-based approaches. We know that um, that presents opportunities for conversations, group debates, hands-on learning, uh, and draw on children's uh, backgrounds, whakapapa experiences. So the survey um, also was a opportunity for us to in some ways uh, see uh, teachers uh, inquiring to teachers' familiarity with some history-specific and social sciences-specific uh, pedagogical frameworks. So three of them specifically. So Peter Seish's uh, historical thinking project, the best uh, best evidence uh, 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 effects of pedagogy in social sciences in Tetsakangotewa. I'll just uh, um, summarize. Uh, very good news on this front, by the way. I'll just summarize one of them. So Tetsakangotewa is a resource that people are getting much more familiar with, right? It was surprising how many kayako uh, in years one to eight, intermediate as well, were not really familiar with this resource up to now. It was uh, under the radar for, for many teachers. It's getting very popular now because the TKI, Social Sciences Online, has highlighted this resource uh, as, as key for the implementation of the curriculum. However, we uh, noticed that even though many teachers might have not had access per se to the, 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 the frameworks, uh, the original framework, most of them said yes or strongly agreed or mostly agreed that they use in some ways intuitively perhaps the suggested pedagogies that is uh, there in Tetsagansewa, especially to address Maori history. So, for example, the suggested pedagogy of focus on content on Fano and community, uh, almost 60% of teachers said that they agree with that. Use of storytelling, 70%, high numbers overall. Use of artifacts, uh, high numbers as well. Use of images, almost consensus there. So, encouraging numbers. Uh, Again, we, we couldn't we can't prove if teachers have had access to the resource itself. We think no, based on, on another part of the, the resource. But nonetheless, uh, teachers seem to be aligned with the suggested pedagogies in a framework like Tetakotewa, as they are also aligned with the best findings uh, and also with with surprisingly with the historical thinking, the the the, the Peter Satius project as well. All right. So I've been talking, talking like a madman. I, I, I am conscious of that. But I would like just to, this is the first part of the, of, of the, of the corridor. I don't know if I have even more time. You let me know, Steve, or whoever is, is, is keeping track of time. But this is published, uh, will be published in, uh, in today or tomorrow, I guess. There's a, in the new, uh, um, in an article in Curriculum Matters, right? So I encourage you, if you're interested in the topic and in, in, in more details about the survey, to check the article, which has been published. So we're proud of that. So the second part of the, of the talk uh, is more about draft ideas, ongoing mahi, and a lot of speculations, right? So Sarah, you didn't invite me to talk about the second part. So apologies in advance if I frustrate you with this. A lot of ideas in the air. Uh, and by the way, this we tried to publish this in another uh, uh, journal, and it was rejected. Why? Because there are draft ideas, ongoing mahi, and speculation. So if the reviewer uh, of, of the article is there, you were correct uh, in rejecting this article because it's still a lot speculative. But we think this mahi will grow and we'll get it published uh, at a 
polished later version soon as well. So uh, it has a lot to do with resources, right? And, and resource use. So uh, it, this is not going to come as any surprise to any kayak or pitomata or kayak or experienced or, or, or young uh, uh, or uh, inexperienced kayak out there. Uh, the survey told us the obvious, right? The teachers are relying increasingly on internet search, uh, but also in combination with their own ideas. Every teacher does that in some ways, right? You go to the internet, you find amazing ideas, and then you merge it with your own ideas. And that's how you plan nowadays a lot, right? Uh, YouTube also is very popular according to the resource uh, uh, section that in the survey. Uh, just to give you some numbers, and I'm going to browse through this because I want to get to the speculations, as I mentioned. So the internet has been a first choice for most teachers, uh, second choice as well. Uh, numbers are high. So you see the numbers, they speak uh, by themselves, especially when you compare with, with other sources uh, that are used for teaching and learning using in history. Uh, so what we did was this. We did an experiment, right? Uh, and we put our teacher's hat on and said, what if we needed to teach the Aotearoa New Zealand history's curriculum tomorrow? And, 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 and it was Sunday night. Every teacher knows this feeling, right? You're not really sure and confident about the quality or quantity of planning for the week. What do you do? You Google. <laughs> That's what you do. And we did precisely that. And we Googled Aotearoa New Zealand's history plus teach. Uh, and I encourage you to do this uh, and, and ask yourself, do you find classroom-ready material prime especially primary teacher-friendly material, age-appropriate material? And the short answer um, is, is no, is no. Don't get me wrong, you find amazing, amazing things, amazing things, right? But it's quite overwhelming. You tend to uh, go down a rabbit hole of hyperlinks that lead to hyperlinks, to hyperlinks, to hyperlinks, amazing collections, Te Papa, uh, uh, the Ministry of Heritage, of course, uh, um, and, and the National Light, obviously, but it's hard to find the teacher-ready, classroom-ready uh, resources. Uh, so what we did, and, and I'm telling the story, it, it gives me actually great embarrassment to tell the story, but at some point we said, let's bypass Google's algorithms and, and just type the name of the curriculum, uh, .com. And we did that, and, and, the, and the link was broken. It was, and we were like, what? No one got this domain yet. And then we purchased it for like 20 bucks. And it, again, it gives me great embarrassment to, to, to share that. But that's what we did. And, and eventually, we just put a Google Sites type of first iteration there uh, under construction. I'm not proud of the aesthetics at all. But with my Kayako Pitomata last year, uh, this was important because we said, look, there's a vacant digital space that we should occupy. And, and, and play with it. And that's what we've been doing so far. This is the first iteration of the website. Again, not proud of the aesthetics there. Um, and I had to get my Kayako Pitomata excited, obviously, uh, uh, with, with, with all of this. Uh, and so I, I framed it as, look, let's, let's make a, a website by teachers and for teachers. And that's what we've been doing. Uh, 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 that's what we've been doing. It's been a initially a very grassroots hippie, hippie type uh, enterprise, Google Sites, doing it by ourselves, uh, brainstorming how this website should look like, uh, layout collectively. So first step, get students excited, and then brainstorming, layout, functionality, navigation, all of this, the cope up of the website. 
And now we're at a stage of populating this website with, with resources made here with, uh, with Kayako Pizzomata at Massey. At some point, we, we, we discussed something that was really important. Uh, we were, again, as teachers, uh, confident about the pedagogy, um, but not the aesthetics of the website. And then serendipity struck and we got some funding. So we contacted uh, the people from Ariki Creative, uh, a Maori-led uh, collective down in Christchurch. And together with them, and also under guidance from senior Maori colleagues like Hone Moris, uh, Dr. Panya Temaru, and Peter Mehana, we, we came up with a name uh, and, 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 and a story. Um, uh, and this was the second iteration of the website. And yesterday, it gives me great pleasure to share for the first time the third iteration. This is not launched yet, but this is how it's looking now uh, um, in, 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 in the back end there. Still not visible to anyone. Uh, but we're starting to populate um, the website with, with, with resources created by Kayako Pitomata here. It's been helping us at this stage uh, to plan in alignment with the curriculum. I'll show you how. Uh, but hopefully it's going to be helpful for other kayaku out there. That's the goal. And hopefully other kayaku out there, especially schools who have already been doing such an amazing job. And the article corroborated this teaching out there when using histories much before the announcement, hopefully that we, we, we can invite schools to share their resources with us as well in this website. So, and I'll stop here right now just to, give you a background. My Kayako Pitsomata primary cohorts here, most of them are non-historians, never studied history professionally, at, at, uh, and some of them never in high school either, in secondary school. So a lot of them are being parachuted into the space for the first time, not only to teach history, but to teach history in such a bold, bicultural, visionary way, because this new curriculum, I have many critiques like anyone has, but it's an amazing new uh, document, right? Which will guide some uh, amazing teaching and learning for, for future generations, right? And the bicultural uh, stance is very visionary. And I, to be honest, I haven't seen similar things in Canada or in Brazil or elsewhere. It's pretty interesting. So we created a lesson plan, which I mean, we think it's, it's a way to decolonize also the way we do lesson planning, uh, which has been helping the, Kayako Pitomata, again, no background in history teaching, to plan not only in alignment with the new curriculum, but also in alignment with history-specific pedagogies, Western-centric, and also pedagogies that honor Matauranga Maori, and also the Manaorite Mote Matauranga principle. That's, that's informing changes in senior uh, secondary, but also because of that, it, it will tend to influence. But just some uh, highlights of this lesson plan that we created. Um, uh, we're proud that we, we, we added a, a, a translation, a triple M, very elegant translation. Uh, kia ora, Hone Moris, for uh, your help translating this, which is not in the curriculum. So understand marama, no mato, do mahi, which we think. Uh, uh, and also here, uh, some historical thinking normally in this country, and we can talk more about that, uh, until this new curriculum tended to be very Western-centric, like it was in every other country that taught history, right? The, 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 everyone is used to key Western-centric concepts like using sources, 
cause and consequences, perspectives, historical empathy, all of this very important uh, skills and, and concepts, no doubt about it, right? But the new curriculum, as, as I see it, as we see it, is, 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 is changing all of this uh, through a, a bicultural, more complex framework. So we're encouraging Kayako Pitsumata to use the traditional historical thinking uh, according, in alignment with so-called Western traditions, but also um, try to uh, use Maori epistemology. I mean, and we're all learning. By the way, I, 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 I do not claim I know these things. A personal decolonizing, indigenizing journey for me as well. I have the luxury of annoying all my senior Maori colleagues all the time with my, with my questions. And that's what I'm modeling to my students, by the way. I mean, if there's something we need to model to our students is start by asking questions, especially to local Tangata Fenua, Mana Fenua, uh, senior Maori colleagues that you have. I'm modeling this learning from, 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 from the experts. So I'll finish with the last thing, uh, uh, last thing. So until, and this is speculation, I never show this to anyone except to, to my colleague Timu, if you're out there, Timu, because we're writing about this uh, uh, soon. So until now, I mean, inquiry-based pedagogies um, have been mainstream pedagogy in schools in New Zealand and, and elsewhere, right? So and what we mean by inquiry-based is putting the student in the center, right? Investigating important questions for he, she, or they. Uh, and, and the teacher there guides the students uh, or uh, helps the student in his, hers, or their own journey there. So we try to model the historical inquiry process, right? Until now, in most schools, including in this country, historic inquiry could be followed pretty much this. And by the way, this I got from the Australian curriculum, but it summarizes what normally uh, history teachers did everywhere. Basically, you had a big focusing question and then you did research and research was basically computer-based or using your local library. And then you used the historical framework according to Western perspectives. And that was it, pretty much. And that was awesome, by the way, awesome. But you could do everything pretty much in your school, uh, in your library, in your computer, not anymore. And that's the beauty of this new curriculum. Uh, uh, uh. And we're trying to think in Timo, <laughs> we're gonna think about this together, my friend. Uh, but what is historic inquiry now in a bicultural framework? I don't know. I was trained in a very Western centric framework, even though I come from Brazil, which is a tri-cultural uh, nation, right? But we think, I mean, uh, something that's changed the game forever in this country is that it's going to have to break the walls of the schools. You're never going to be able to do historic inquiry just by using your computer or local library anymore. That's gone. You have to talk, visit local Fano, Iwi, Hapu, and start from there. Few trips to local institutions, museums, live, that's going to be a must as well. This is going to involve a personal journey. Who am I? Co-Y-O, right? Changing, as I said, the concepts that we use and, and skills that we use, sources, completely different sources, the moko, uh, wayata, the landscapes. I mean, it's game changing. And, and ultimately, uh, seeing the land, uh, the fenua, as, as the biggest kayak that, that, that we have, right? And understanding our place in, in, in this place. So 
I'll, I'll finish here, Kyoto. And I said, Sarah, apologies again. A lot of speculation, a lot of new uh, ideas. But these are questions that I have. And if you're in, interested, please contact me. If you want to contribute to this mahi, if you want to challenge this mahi, I'm open to both. Kyoto, muito obrigado. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you, Gennaro. Wow. <laughs> um, I, I think one of the things I really appreciated there was not just the actual research, but the what are we actually going to do next to address some of those, because that's always the challenge. And I was quite sobering to think of the work that we do with our site, the part of our site dedicated to schools, te manga, and the fact that when teachers are doing that Sunday night Google search, there's not something jumping out at them so that really gave us um, some really good food for thought I'm interested you know one of the things that I've been conscious of throughout my career both as a teacher and now working more as a historian is that notion that um, you know that a lot of our teachers need help and support in building their confidence and I've often thought about it from the point of view of there being um concerns about their own confidence and their own backgrounds and abilities. But I'm wondering, to what extent is it perhaps an advantage that some of our teachers aren't so um, knowledgeable about aspects of our past in the way that perhaps it opens them up to the possibilities of being able to explore things? I just wondered if maybe people like myself have been coming at it from the wrong point of view, that too much knowledge is a dangerous thing in the sense that people become entrenched in particular, things about New Zealand history. Just wonder if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, no, Kyoto, Steve. I mean, uh, that that was what the survey corroborated. This paradox, right? Teachers are comfortable, not necessarily co confident in teaching yet those topics, but give me anything, right? Because they're pretty. <laughs> but I, I, I see. Yeah, that, that was the paradox. So both things, there, there's a lack of confidence in, 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 in the topics, specific topics. Some of them are teaching those topics for the same time, for the first time. But uh, an overwhelming confidence in being able to tackle this if there's proper access to, to resources and, 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 and preparation. That was my finding. There are other teachers in the, in the room who could comment on this. I've also got, I'm just going to get Sarah and Kate who have been monitoring the Q&A to give others um, yeah, some other questions have come through. So thank you. No, oh, thank you, Steve. Uh, kia ora, Gennaro. Yeah, so we've had a few questions come through in the chat. Uh, one of them is, I was surprised by the breakdown of overall history topics taught that you discovered via your survey. My experience with my children has been that world history is very much missing. Do you think there is a need for more history teaching in general for this age group? Oh, I'm a historian, so I'm always biased towards uh, history uh, as an important subject. So, yes, absolutely. And it's something that, I mean, we have to talk about as well. I mean, uh, so I condensed, of course, uh, 373 topics as as identified by the teachers, right? A hundred teachers. So that doesn't mean that all of them were teaching all of the, obviously, right? But overall, uh, we could make a claim that these schools covered that those topics at some point, uh, somewhere in time, uh, not necessarily every year. So we, we didn't go into those details. Uh, but 
There is. I mean, based on my personal experience, I mean, I, I used to teach not only Aotearoa New Zealand histories, but European histories as well back in my school. Uh, but always, as I said, I'm biased towards history. I always felt that it was uh, lacking more time in an overstretched curriculum that, that we have in, especially in primary schools with a lot of focus, understandably, on literacy and, 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 and maths. Um, but let's see. I think the new curriculum will open more space for his, Aotearoa New Zealand histories. One unanticipated result, and that, that we, can, we should talk, is that whatever was taught in terms of global histories might be thrown out. And that's an unanticipated bad result, as I see it, even though, of course, local histories is of such a paramount importance. But a lot of teachers were teaching Egyptian histories, Greco-Roman histories, uh, histories of Asia, and that probably will have to go out to make space for, for local histories and national histories. So that's an unanticipated result, as I see it, and a, a negative one. I hope I answered. Uh, probably not. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Gennaro. Um, another question that we've just got through is regarding the desire to include mana whenua and tangata whenua perspectives in the teaching of history, and that there's a major concern about the impact that has on iwi, hapu, and whanau capacity oh, yeah. and resources. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. what's your advice to schools in that respect, you know, oh. understanding that the intentions are good, but the impact could far outweigh oh, yeah. the ability oh, yeah. to respond uh, and that iwi, hapu, and whanau might not be supported either via remuneration or otherwise to actually kind of help schools. Oh, yeah. No, we've been seeing, I mean, because a lot of schools, I mean, they're, they're, it's a mixed bag always, right? A lot of schools have been establishing genuine networks with local Iwihapu for years now. And now they're harvesting the fruits of this uh, genuine rangatira kite rangatira kopapa, right? Uh, others schools are now saying, look, we have to do it. And they're trying to do this in a rush, which is always a mistake, right? So uh, the advice, I, who am I to give advice? But what I have been doing, I'm a Tangata Tiriti. So since I arrived to this country, I initially arrived in, in, in New Zealand. And, and since then, I'm trying to arrive to Aotearoa. These are two different countries that are often uh, overlap, right? But the way that I try to arrive to Aotearoa is, of course, learn my, my reo, my tikanga, my matauranga, and, and talk and learn. I, I consult, and it takes time. It takes time. Don't expect Iwi Hapu to be willing to, to just share what the Taonga and, and, and the stories that they have like that. And we've seen stories of teachers and principals who are probably writing about that, right, Timo? that are feeling sometimes uh, uh, annoyed. What? Right? This, because they're trying to do everything in a rush. So it has to be, what I learned from my senior Maori colleagues is it has to be genuine and it takes time. So patience is, is key to establishing long-term relationships of trust. That's what it is. Thanks, Gennaro. Uh, I think we've just got time for maybe one more question and then we might have to finish up. Um, so this question, kia ora, I'm interested in resources being used. Our 10-year-old is greatly interested in history. Besides reading books, he also views YouTube channels like Oversimplified and Armchair Historian. <laughs> is there room to develop support for New Zealand content on YouTube that creates content like this? 
So that's that's an interesting thing. Mark, uh, of course there is room. And when you, you uh, when you search the YouTube search engine for Aotearoa New Zealand histories, you'll find, of course, the very famous uh, uh, Radio New Zealand, uh, Aotearoa New Zealand history show, right? Everyone has seen that, which is the best initiative that we have so far. There, there are also individual videos here and there, there but uh, there's a lot of room to, to grow in that space. Uh, teachers are using, as we know, a lot of YouTubing uh, uh, to learn the content and also to scaffold learning in classrooms. And the space in YouTube is, 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 is pretty dry until now. Uh, uh, it's, it's lacking good resources. And I've, I've watched everything, including oversimplified to, to understand Ukrainian geopolitics, for example. You have to do it fast. But uh, if you hit Mark, I mean, to answer specifically, if you haven't seen it yet, take a look at the Aotearoa uh, New Zealand uh, road show. What is it called by Radio New Zealand, which is the best thing I found? Well, listen, I'm just with looking at the time. I'm going to just formally um, just thank Gennaro for this um, presentation today. As I said, it was one I was really looking forward to. I loved the conversation at the end because it's something that I'm sure many of us are acutely aware of is that the more pressure we put on people to deliver, we can in fact lose sight of the fact that we're playing a long game here. It's a long and game. And I think it means that we do have to have patience and we do have to build relationships. Yes. I'm, as I said before, I'm re I really love the fact that there's not only a, a, a theoretical aspect to this work, but some really solid um, uh, ideas and things for us to sort of progress with. Um, so I would just like to take the opportunity now to thank Gennaro on behalf oh, thank of... Thank you, um, thank you. I, I am the one who's who's been honoured for the space to talk to. I mean, unfortunately, I couldn't see the 100 plus uh, uh, people that were here today. I, uh, but... Uh, as I said, I'm open to to it's it's an ongoing mahi. It's a long term goal. That's the, you put it perfectly, uh, Steve. And we're always we're helping each other. We're navigating the, this this territory, uh, uncharted waters uh, together. Absolutely. So let's do it together. Thanks for listening to this New Zealand history podcast from Manatu Taonga. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you're looking for other content about New Zealand history, check out earlier talks in the series. You can find them on your favourite podcast channels. Just search for New Zealand History. Māte wā.